business, marketing is a critical activity that can directly impact growth and profit. Yet with so many options available today, how can you choose the right marketing program for your business? Welcome to I Think I Need Marketing with Bonnie Taylor. If you're looking to better understand marketing, then you've stopped by the right show. Now here is your host, Bonnie Taylor. Hello and welcome to another episode of I Think I Need Marketing. I'm your host, Bonnie Taylor. If you've been listening to my show, you've noticed that each week I tackle a different topic in an effort to help you build out your own marketing program. I've explored brands, marketplaces, uh, marketing tools, building your strategy, and this week I'm going to tackle one of the most exciting ones of all. That's right, we're talking budgets. Yay! (laughs) I know, I know, it's not a sexy topic. However, it is one that is very, very important to your marketing program. Therefore, today, I'm going to hopefully make budgets a little bit more interesting when I share how to allocate your money, uh, how much you should be spending on marketing each year, and then look at ways you can save money ways you can waste money. It is very easy to waste money in marketing, and I'm going to go through some of the obvious ones and maybe some of the less obvious to you uh, before we go through how to save it and how to correct that problem. I want to save some time at the end to answer a few listener questions. Several very good ones came in, and I want to give them enough time, so I'm going to end the show with that. Uh, But first, let's get back to the budget. If you had to guess, what is the biggest obstacle to allocating budget toward marketing. What do you think stops most business owners or many business owners from spending what they should on marketing? In my experience, and this is from my 10 years with my own marketing firm, CCS Innovations, and then as both an in-house and uh, agency marketer, lead marketer uh, for many different companies and different brands, the biggest obstacle is fear, believe it or not. Uh, people are afraid of spending money. They're afraid because there is no magic formula that says, if I spend $1 on marketing, I'm going to receive $5 back. The return on investment, the ROI in marketing is a little, little vague. I would lie to you if I said, yes, you absolutely make X amount of money back for every dollar you spend because it doesn't exist. That formula doesn't really exist. There are too many variables out there. Uh, it could be changes in the marketplace. It could be a variation on uh, the, the type of uh, promotion that you put out there. All different things influence that return. So it's a little difficult to say, yes, absolutely going to get this much money back. And that scares people. It really does. And I understand that. But the problem is, if you don't spend the money, it's really difficult to get any money back. This is why step one in setting your own marketing budget is understanding and embracing the fact that you're going to have to spend money. What many businesses do, many especially larger corporations, is set aside that in a large budget, and it's broken down by each activity, or at least a forecasted activity, if not the exact Uh, campaign theme or style, it's set aside uh, at the beginning of whatever their fiscal year is. If your fiscal year starts in January or if it starts later on, if you're on a different, uh, different schedule, you would set it already up by month. And if you want to break it out by service lines or locations, if you have different offices, however you want to do it, but just know that you're going to be spending money. And if you set it up ahead of time, 
it's not as big of a shock later on. It may seem ridiculous that there are businesses out there without marketing budgets. And you may be thinking, oh, well, that's only the tiniest little business out there. They, the ones that are actually established or have uh, reached a certain um, income level don't have this problem. Not necessarily true, <laughs> sadly. Uh, I have firsthand experience working with a mid-sized company um, did not have a marketing budget, despite having multiple locations, despite having uh, offices in other countries, this particular business did not want to set up a marketing budget. I ran the marketing department and I had to report directly to the president and ask each time I needed marketing money. This was incredibly frustrating and really tied my hands because I couldn't forecast out that far. I had to beg each time and sometimes they just missed opportunities or it was a case of um, maybe it just wasn't worth it or I couldn't get a hold of the president quickly enough. It just, it was not the ideal situation and I really, really didn't enjoy it. Having worked with businesses, many businesses that do have the marketing budget in place, it frees up so much time because you know what's coming up. You can help forecast and plan out your marketing activities. And then you can also uh, find ways to save, which I'll go into a little bit later on. Once you've embraced that you will be spending money on marketing and that it should be allocated within its own budget, the question really is, how much? How much should you be spending on marketing annually, monthly, weekly, and where should you be spending it? The answer lies within your own business. I've said before that marketing is a custom effort and that everything that you do has to come back to your own business goals, your own marketplace, your own stage of business, whether you're brand new or established or in the stage of having to reinvent yourself. All of these things factor into how much money you will need to spend because they will dictate what kinds of things that you'll need to need to put into your own marketing program. Clear as mud, right? <laughs> All right, so let me make this a little easier. I start with a series of questions. When I am working with a new client or working with my own businesses or if uh, I'm brought in to audit a marketing program, one of the first things I ask is how much buyer awareness and marketing infrastructure are already in place. What I mean is, how well known are you within your marketplace? Are you an established brand? Have you already put in a lot of effort and your business is well known, is well liked, hopefully, (laughs) and is uh, in a positive state within the marketplace? And if you have infrastructure, and if you go back to the marketing tools episode, you'll remember that uh, marketing infrastructure tools are things like your website or assigned outside of your business or even your brand itself. These are things that you've already put in place that have to be there no matter what. They really have to be there for your business to stay in business. Um, These are part of your marketing program. If you've already uh, put these in place and they're already really, really rock solid, they're great, they don't need to be changed, then you can count that off your budget for the year. If they need to be updated, then that needs to go into your budget. My next question deals directly with the marketplace, and it's a simple one. Am I looking to expand into a new market or target a new buyer? It's really easy. If you're thinking of expanding into a new location, a new city or state or country, 
and you don't have a presence there already, you're going to need to allocate more marketing dollars toward that effort because it's unknown. Versus if you are within a location and it overlaps a little bit, for instance, I'm in the Washington, D.C. area, and the Washington, D.C. area is surrounded by multiple states. We have Virginia, uh, Maryland, and West Virginia, as well as the district itself. Within that short 30-mile radius, I could hit a number of different locations, but I may not have to start from scratch if I'm trying to accomplish something because my brand is already relatively well-known within that general area. So if there is an overlap, uh, you may not have to spend as much, but if it's completely new, let's say I suddenly went to Montana, I'd have to start from scratch and build out an entire new marketing effort within that area, which will cost more. So that's a good question to ask yourself. Along the same lines as the marketplace question is one about products or services. If you're thinking of introducing a new service line or a new product, you may have to have a marketing launch surrounding that that new product or service. Uh, That will require more money, and so that will impact your budget as well. Are you thinking of changing your packaging or changing your point of sale? If you have, uh, let's say, an older package that's not quite as pretty and you want to introduce something new that is more modern or uh, exciting, you're still going to have to put some marketing toward it because you're going to lose some buyers in person. They're going to look for that old package and not see it. So you're going to have to put a little bit more marketing toward that just to educate them. It's not a lot, but it's it's something that you're going to have to do just to keep them in the loop because otherwise they may pass over and think, oh, where is it? I don't see it anywhere. I've done that myself. I've gone and looked for shop, you know, for products on the shelves, and it's like, where, where is it? Oh, well, they changed their packaging. <laughs> I couldn't find it. Uh, any other product or service-related changes? If you are um, expecting a new like ingredient list, you may want to uh, change the packaging. You may want to change some information that goes along with it. Or let's say you won an award. This is a great, great thing. You were named best of. Uh, whatever best service in uh, or product within um, within the world <laughs> or some, some big award, you may want to put that on your packaging as well. So these are things that you'll have to factor into your marketing budget because they will need to happen within that certain time frame. The next question relates to rebranding. If you've decided you need to do a rebrand, let's say a complete rebrand because your old brand is, you know, the logo just wasn't working, the the style wasn't working, just wasn't reflective of your buyers and marketplace. Um, and it, this happens quite a bit with older companies especially and it just needs to just a refresh. Well, that's going to cost a lot of money because you're going to have to change all of your logos throughout all of your different marketing pieces. The style will have to change, the voice may change everything will have to be replaced. And that's going to impact your budget because you're going to have to pay for all that. And it needs to happen fairly quickly. When you work through a rebrand, it needs to happen all at once. It's not something that you could kind of phase in if um, if you really, really want to do it well, because otherwise you're just going to confuse people. So rebrand switches over. You have to pay for everything. That costs money and has to be allocated within your budget. Uh, you also want to look at any kind of anticipated market changes. And what I mean by this is if, um, for instance, if you have a brick and mortar location or you have a, uh, a storefront, you know something's going to happen. Let's say the city is planning to change your, um, 
your roads outside, you're going to have a lot of construction. Or the um, if you're located within a shopping district and they're going to remodel, and you know all of that's going to happen, well, it is going to impact your sales because people aren't necessarily going to drive through a construction zone or sit in a lot of traffic. So your marketing is going to change because you're going to need to address that. Um, remind them that you're still here, have sales to draw them in, make it worth their while. Sometimes you know about these things, sometimes you don't. But if you do know about them, then it's worth putting into your budget because you know you're going to need to bump up your marketing a little bit or bump up your promotions in some form or fashion. So allocate that money. Once you've addressed these questions, you will have a better understanding of what you are going to be facing within the next year, at least anticipate what you're going to have to spend within the next year. And how much money is that exactly? I'm going to give you some numbers. I will warn you that if you are not used to spending money on marketing, if you've not updated your budget or kept a budget, you're going to go into a little bit of sticker shock. If you've been in business for a while and had a healthy marketing program in place, then you're going to say, yes, this sounds about right. Um, Everything is calculated. The percentages that I'm going to give you are calculated in gross revenue. So keep that in mind, gross revenue. So startups to one year, you should be spending 10 to 20% of your anticipated gross revenue on marketing. Yeah, that seems like a lot, but think through this. If you're a startup, you will have to build everything out. That means your website, your brand, your marketing strategy, your packaging, your labels, your brochures, every little bit of your marketing program has to be built out. You have nothing at startup stage. So yes, you're going to have to spend more money. And that's before you start campaigns, start promoting, start advertising, start pushing your brand out through communications. Everything has to start from scratch. So 10 to 20%. Once you're an established business, things changed because you've already got some of these pieces in place. So an established large business with just, you know, maintaining. They're not, you're not really planning anything. You should anticipate spending about 3 to 5% of your gross revenue. A smaller business is going to spend about 5 to 7%. The reason for that is because you're making less money. So the cost, the fixed costs for your marketing are going to be about the same. You're going to have to spend a little bit more. And these are numbers for maintaining, not doing anything special. You're not trying to grow You're not really trying to expand in any way. You're just maintaining. Things change once you're looking at massive changes, like a complete rebrand. A complete rebrand almost brings you back to that startup stage. Not quite, but almost back to that startup stage. So you can anticipate spending between 7 and 15% of gross revenue on your marketing program. If you are looking to expand into a new market, it's almost like you're looking at a startup in some way. So a new market is going to take you back to that startup stage as well, uh, 5 to 15% of gross revenue, because you may need to uh, build out an entire marketing program for that marketplace. If you can overlap, what I was saying earlier, if you can overlap, obviously you're going to be on the lower end of that percentage. If you're starting completely from scratch, let's say a new country or uh, a new state where you're completely unknown, it's like going back to that startup stage. So you're going to be at the higher, at the 15%. Keep in mind that these percentages are the minimums. These are guidelines. They are not 
set in stone. Your business is unique. Your business is special. And your industry and your buyers, your marketplace may require more. Uh, It could be that you are looking to expand in four markets at once. Well, four markets is going to require more money than one. It's just, it's the way it works. If you are in, in, in an industry that is a little bit more advanced, um, where your buyers are expecting more advanced tools from you, you're going to have to spend a little bit more money. Uh, for instance, I recently saw advertisements, videos that are embedded as advertisements in magazines, in paper app magazines, something that's you know delivered in your mailbox. Well, that's a little bit more expensive than a simple paper ad. And it's going to cost you more. You have to budget more for that. You have to budget the production of it and the just just general cost and maintenance of these things if you want them to go on and on as far as the campaign is concerned, not necessarily maintaining the individual ads. These are things that you're going to have to factor into your budget decisions. So just keep that in mind when you're looking through what you want to do in the next year and what you're trying to accomplish. It all has to come back to your own business. When we come back after the break, I'm going to continue on with my budget discussion and cover ways you can save money in marketing and ways you can very easily waste money in marketing. So stay tuned. That's coming up after the break. You're listening to I Think I Need Marketing. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking to grow your business in 2019? You need CCS Innovations. We're an award-winning strategic marketing and design firm working with clients worldwide on achieving their business goals. Whether yours is a startup company or a multinational corporation, our experienced marketing team can help set you on the right path. Our services range from high-level strategies and branding programs to projects such as campaigns and websites. Need more than a single project? We can become your own outsourced marketing department. 2019 marks CCS Innovation's 10th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're offering I Think I Need Marketing listeners a 10% discount on all new projects started this year. Mention the show when you contact us. Start growing your business today by giving us a call at 703-988-7189 or visit us online at ccsinnovations.com, ccsinnovations.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are tuned in to I Think I Need Marketing. If you have a question or comment for host Bonnie Taylor, please send an email to bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. That's bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. Now back to I Think I Need Marketing. Welcome back to I Think I Need Marketing. I'm your host, Bonnie Taylor. And if you're just joining us, today we're exploring marketing budgets. How much should you spend on your own business's marketing program each year? Before we took our break, I went through my own steps and questions that I ask each business before setting out their own marketing budget. 
These are questions that determined where the business was headed in the next year and the stage of life that it's in if it's a startup versus an older business. The answers to these questions factored into how much money that business needs to spend in a given year. I also promised to share ways you can save money in marketing and ways you can waste money in marketing. And there are a lot of ways you can waste money in marketing. In some cases, the wasting and the saving are just two sides of the same situation. And I will point that out whenever possible so that you can see, oh, wait, if I just made that decision, it saves money. If I went the other way, it would waste it. Sadly, I have witnessed every negative, wasteful thing I'm going to share with you today, not necessarily from my own company where I was brought in to fix something, but from outsiders, from competitors, or from trade show situations, or from just just being out and about in the marketplace. And I really wish I could help these people and tell them, no, don't do that, don't, don't, don't. I can help you. And so let's get started. One of the biggest things that I see as a, as a wasteful money, which can also be your saving money, is not targeting the right audience. And in many cases, people are trying to target too big an audience. It's a, we need to make money, so let's just try and hit everybody. And why would we just go after you know 10% of the population when we can go after 80% of the population? Or why would we go after just this small little group when the bigger group could we have more chances. Well, it sounds like you're just playing the odds at that point, but the problem is you're only going to bring in that same smaller percentage because those are the people, if they're properly targeted, those are the people who are likely to make that purchase. So if you are trying to shotgun out your, you know, just spray it out there, everything with your marketing to as many different people as possible, there's a lot of waste in there. So taking the time to target your audience and then really just focus on the people who are most likely to make that purchase actually saves money. It's a smaller audience, but in the long run, your percentages, your your win ratio is going to go much, much higher than it would have had you gone with that more shotgun spray approach. So the first thing is to uh, tackling too big an audience versus really honing in and picking a smaller group, but one that is a much more likely purchase group. My second choice for the best way to waste money in marketing, <laughs> I feel like I should be like handing out an Academy Award or something, winner of the second worst way to waste money in marketing, is not having a plan, not having a strategy. This seems fairly logical, but you'd be surprised at the number of businesses that do not have one. What happens is without that strategy, your business will send out marketing to the unknown, won't have a clear picture of your marketplace, which means you can't really choose the right tools. You can't pick and select the right tools to fit with your marketing program and fit with your message, fit with your brand. And that will be received well by your targeted audience. So that connecting that information that you can supply with a with the research connected with the tools that you will choose are all spelled out in that marketing plan within that marketing strategy. Not having one means you're just kind of throwing things out there and not really knowing if they're going to work. Maybe they'll work. Maybe it's a lot of guessing if you have a marketing plan or a marketing strategy that's only like one or two pages, or you say, oh, I've got most of it up in my head, I've been doing this so long, I just know, then you're doing yourself a disservice. You're actually putting yourself in a situation where you could be wasting a lot of money. 
having the taking the time to to write it out and to identify the different pieces of your strategy. If you need help with that, you can find it in my book. Um, I think I need marketing. I go through marketing strategies. Uh, but if you take the time to go through that process, will help you identify cost savings, uh, timing issues. Maybe you'll find that your buyers only really purchase within certain months of the year. So sending out marketing at the dead times, at the times when they're not really uh, available or receptive, is a waste. You see how this kind of works together, having that plan? The other way it will help you uh, with your marketing and saving money is helping you plan out with that calendar, having a set schedule for when you're going to send something out. This means that you'll have the ability to plan well in advance with your creative. You know when the deadlines are. You'll know when you need to get the creative into the hands of whatever media it is, whatever media outlet. It could be television, radio, print, uh, internet, any kind of different situations. But you'll know when to get it in, and you're not doing anything at the last minute, hopefully. How <laughs> last minute still happens, but hopefully you've planned ahead. This will also help you avoid things like rush fees, last minute change fees, or missing the early opportunity to get better rates. Um, you'll have deadline issues that you will, that if you're you're late to it, if you haven't planned it out, you may find yourself having to pay extra to get better placement or pay extra for that last minute designer. So having the marketing plan really, really helps. It helps you focus your efforts plan your efforts, and have a better understanding of your marketplace. Without it, you can waste money. With it, you're saving money. Granted, those first two were a little bit more obvious. <laughs> Not having a plan and targeting the wrong people, that's a way to waste money in marketing? Wow, shocker. Okay, let's go to some that are a little less obvious. The first one is troubling, uh, troubling to me as a marketer. And it's the number of people, number of businesses that will cut marketing or scale it back when times are bad. How is this a waste of money? How is not spending money a waste of money? Well, think in terms of what marketing does. It connects with your buyers. It connects with your buying audience and brings them back to your business so that they spend money on your business. If there's no connection, if because there's no marketing, uh, you're losing sales, you're, you're losing buying opportunities. And when you finally have to kick back in, when you finally have to say, oh, I need buyers, I absolutely have to do something, then you're gonna have to spend that much more money, uh, because you've lost that opportunity, that window is closed, that connection has kind of uh, disappeared a little bit is kind of um, diminished. And so you're gonna have to spend more money to reconnect with these people and to remind them why you're here and remind them that they need to buy. So it's a it's a loss in that you are losing the money from the buyers while you're you're not marketing and you're spending more money while when you're trying to bring them back in. You can save money by staying consistent. Um, finding out a new way, being a little bit more creative with your marketing to bring in new buyers when times are bad. Uh, I've heard more than once in my career, oh, we'll, we'll pick marketing up when times are good again. You know, it, it, it's often the case that times are never good again. Um, if you, It's kind of a, a go-by in marketing when you see a business that is hurting, that is struggling, and they cut marketing. It's a suggestion that they're not going to be in business for very long. Um, it's kind of one of those things. A lot of businesses fail. Well, one of the reasons is, is they don't push enough. They don't connect enough. 
So another way to waste money in marketing. It's a very sad one. On a more fun side, uh, one of the ways to waste money is based off of ego. (laughs) And it's promotional items. Uh, The promotional items, I will say, I love promotional items. Um, They have their place. And I use them. And I put them into marketing programs I work with. I love them. However, there is a case to be made for business owners or business managers who buy a bunch of promotional items and put their logos on everything. It's kind of ego-driven. Uh, a, a new business will suddenly buy a ton of T-shirts and or hats and, and water bottles and pens and pencils and things like that. Yes, okay, when you're using promotional items, make sure there's a connection and make sure it's something that somebody's going to use. I can tell you that right now on my desk, as I am speaking, I have probably five different pens from different people. And I have no idea what businesses they are. I couldn't tell you. I use them every day. I don't look at the names on the business or on the pens themselves. So it's a waste. I mean, somebody bought that, gave it to me. I didn't ask for it. It was put into like a swag bag at an an event and I just have them. I don't use them. And you can do the same thing with your own promotional items if you're just getting them to have promotional items to hand out. Buy your promotional items for a purpose. Buy them for a, an event that you're going to host or if you have a trade show coming up and don't buy the, the cheap stuff that people are just going to throw around like pens and things like that. Buy something that somebody's going to actually use and look at because it's a, a unique type of item, uh, something that's going to catch their attention. If you're buying t-shirts because you're a new business and you think everybody's going to buy them, um, you're going to put them on, let's say, your website for your new brewery uh, and you're going to start selling them. Um, yeah, probably not <laughs> unless it's so, so cool that uh, the, just the, the design is so great and use other people to judge, not your family, not your close friends, but use outsiders to judge whether or not they're cool. And if they are, then and they actually are willing to spend money, then great. But most of the times, you're just going to end up with a bunch of boxes of things in the back room that you're not going to be able to sell. Maybe you're eventually going to give them out to different people because nobody wants to buy them. And so save that kind of purchase uh, for later on when your business is a little stronger and then test it. Do little bits, little bits here and there. Don't do big runs. Don't do um, big purchases like that because it, you, you'll end up wasting money. On the same thing, uh, same line, uh, you can do the same thing with brochures or other items, um, any kind of print items. If you want to buy a bunch of brochures, well, in the old days, we we had to, in the old days, not that terribly long ago, but uh, with traditional presses, we had to buy large quantities to get a lower price per unit. Um, so something like a brochure could have been $6 if we only bought 100 but it might be $4 if we bought 1000 And so a lot of businesses, what we would do is we would buy a ton of brochures and we would have them in the back marketing closet or a back storeroom. And then we just have boxes and boxes of things. Well, once they go out of date, once the information is no longer relevant or if we change the business in any way, shape or form, those brochures are waste. We don't have that problem as much today with brochures. We can use digital printing, so we can print just a few hundred at a time. But it does happen with other things. And you may find yourself buying extras of something or because you think, oh, well, I may use it. Just as a rule of thumb to, w- to avoid wasting money, look at what you can use in the next three months in the one quarter of your business and then at your second quarter. And don't really go too much farther than that because things will change. Your business will change. You may find that some update within your industry or your product changes, you have to change something and tweak it. And then you're just left with a bunch of wasted stuff. And it's not good for your business, not good for your budget, not good for the environment. So just just avoid it if you can. Another way to waste money is for 
um, for you to use somebody who is less experienced or to cheapen out on some form or fashion within your marketing. And what I mean is um, the classic that I hear quite often is I'm going to hire a high school student to do my website or to handle my social media or a college student. Well, that's great. Just because they know how to post something or they know how to build a site does not necessarily mean that they understand the subtleties of working with your buyers. They don't understand the motivation of how a person would look through your site or how they, you know, how they navigate through. They just don't have the experience for it. They don't have the exposure for it uh, to that type of process, not thinking in that mindset. So what will happen is you'll end up with something that you'll use and you'll pay for it. And you'll lose money in that you'll have to redo it later on, um, probably in the near future. You'll have to do it professionally. So you have to double pay for the project, but you also lose business. So it's a waste of money on two fronts. You're losing opportunity because it's just not good enough for what you're trying to do. It's not professional enough. And you are um, wasting money because you're going to have to redo it. So do yourself a favor and just cut out the the idea that you can have the high school student or the intern or somebody else handle your marketing. Instead, invest in a professional or invest in a, an in-house resource. Um, hire somebody who actually knows what they're doing, and that will help you in the long run. Um, avoid wasting money because you won't lose money from missed opportunities, and you won't have to redo something in the future. Speaking of missed opportunities and time that's wasted, uh, one of my big uh, marketing waste is in what I call wallowing. And it's where a client or some the senior executives of the decision makers spend a lot of time tweaking and perfecting and perfecting and perfecting a marketing piece or a marketing program or a campaign or whatever it may be, uh, wasting time on this. And they can spend months and sometimes a year or two years on one project that should have been out a long time ago and trying to perfect it. And then each time they perfect what they think is perfect, the marketplace changes and then they have to adjust it again. At some point, there is a huge loss from just not having something in the marketplace and having it out there doing its job. So it's never going to be perfect. Um, you can you can try, but you can it's get it as close as you possibly can and then let it go. Let it go and do its job. If you sit there and constantly rework and constantly rework, all you're doing is hurting yourself. And it's that fear of, you know, just sending something out with your with your name on it that's not ready to go um, that will stop you from actually having a marketing program. Uh, the, and the same token is that judging by committee or having a group of people decide on something, there has to be a final decision maker. If there isn't a decision maker, then what will happen is each person's unique tastes and, and special uh, agenda will influence whatever marketing it is to the point where it becomes either watered down or or blah, you know, just, just nothing great because you're trying to appease everybody and in that process you're appeasing nobody. Um, or it just never gets anywhere. It never goes out because everybody wants to make an adjustment and then there's somebody else who, who contradicts what the change is and this and that and blah, 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 blah. To save money in marketing, have a decision maker who will make a decision, have a deadline for that decision, stick to your deadline, go as far as you can, and then let it go. Um, let the piece go out to the world, let it do its job. If you constantly tweak and constantly adjust, you're going to find yourself in a world of trouble. I have to take a commercial break. When I come back, more on budgets and listener questions. You're listening to I Think I Need Marketing.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking to grow your business in 2019? You need CCS Innovations. We're an award-winning strategic marketing and design firm working with clients worldwide on achieving their business goals. Whether yours is a startup company or a multinational corporation, our experienced marketing team can help set you on the right path. Our services range from high-level strategies and branding programs to projects such as campaigns and websites. Need more than a single project? We can become your own outsourced marketing department. 2019 marks CCS Innovation's 10th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're offering I Think I Need Marketing listeners a 10% discount on all new projects started this year. Mention the show when you contact us. Start growing your business today by giving us a call at 703-988-7189 or visit us online at ccsinnovations.com, ccsinnovations.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are tuned in to I Think I Need Marketing. If you have a question or comment for host Bonnie Taylor, please send an email to bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. That's bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. Now back to I Think I Need Marketing. Welcome back to I Think I Need Marketing. I'm your host, Bonnie Taylor. Before we took our break, I went through ways to waste money and save money with your marketing budget. Uh, I want to continue with a couple of those before we move on to listener questions. So going back to what I was talking about before, wasting money in marketing. One of the best ways to waste money in marketing is to rebrand without a cause, without a reason. And you may be thinking, why would anybody do that? Well, you'd be surprised. Uh, Personal tastes or we just want to change. We think something is not quite working right. It goes back to that performing the research and doing the due diligence before taking undertaking any kind of marketing activity. But then there are also those changes that just happen. Um, somebody will like a different color. They want to change the color. They want to change the tagline. They want to change the logo. I've known businesses that have actually changed and rebranded within several times within the same year. I, I couldn't believe it. This is a waste. It is an absolute waste because branding permeates your entire business at every level. It's on your every kind of publication or any kind of uh, communication that you have with clients or customers, all of your marketing activities, even things like uniforms. If you rebrand, everything has to be replaced. It has to be thrown away. It's gone. Poof, done. You can't use it again. So great way to waste money. Advertising is another waste or save situation. If you plan out ahead of time, you can find discounts within advertising. If you, for instance, if you wanted to advertise throughout a year, you'll find that the rate goes down. Um, Or advertise for the next six months, your rate will go down. If you fail to plan ahead with your advertising and you have last minute insertion fees or last minute uh, claims for your ads, you'll pay extra penalties. You may pay extra penalties, not every time. Therefore, if you know you're going to advertise, it's part of your marketing strategy, you've already outlined it, then it really is in your best interest to 
secure the space, secure your, your media connections as quickly as possible and plan that out for whatever length of time you've identified in your strategy. So last two, I just wanted to get those through. Let's talk to some listeners. I am really, really pleased to hear from two people, and I'm going to read this. This first one is from Becky in Naperville, Illinois, Oh, right outside Chicago. She writes, my business has four distinct service offerings, one of which is a software solution. Should we be developing individual marketing strategies for each service area? Becky, thank you so much for asking this question. I love this question because it means that you're thinking strategically. And the answer to your question is yes, with an asterisk. If each one of your services is unique or has its own line, is targeting a different audience, if it's targeting a different buyer or targeting a different marketplace, then yes, absolutely, you will want to have a different strategy for each one because they're going after and into different directions. If each one of the service lines operates as its own business unit, then yes, you'd want a strategy for each one. You mentioned one was software, but you didn't say what the other three were. If it's the case where the software is the only one that's different from the other three, then you would just need a different strategy for the software, and the other three could integrate under one. If each one of your service lines has its own brand, and you are branding it differently, then yes, it would. each one would need its own strategy. My general rule of thumb is if something is different, if you have a different marketplace, different buyer, different brand, or operating under a, a single profit center, then it, then your service or your product would require its own strategy. The way you can get away with this is if your business is small enough and let's say your, your four services were integrated, they overlapped, and they all overlapped under the same parent brand, your main business. You can get away with one strategy at that point. Um, it's it's not ideal, but it is something that, you know, once you really build out each one of the service lines, you may decide that they fall within those earlier descriptors. They fall within, they need a, a different um, a different audience or a different brand or different this, whatever it may be. But until that point, until if you're still small and they still overlap enough and they're still under that same parent brand, then you can just have one. Moving forward, as you grow, just kind of keep that in the back of your mind that you want to build them out to the point where they become their own individual units and require that individual strategy, or at least some different sections within your strategy that addresses each one's individual needs. But great question. I love I love that you're thinking this way. My next question today comes from Drew in Austin, Texas. Drew would like to know... What is the best way to build an audience? And then what recommendations do I have for lead magnets? These are great questions, Drew. Thank you so much for writing in. Let me tackle your first one, which is how to best build an audience. I love this question because it really is a culmination of everything I've covered thus far in um, my radio show. Everything that you do in your marketing program should target an audience should have an end goal of bringing that audience, that buyer back into your business to either purchase or hire or uh, some way make a donation or volunteer. Uh, Your business type will determine what type of action you need out of them. I throw buying audience in there. I like the word buyer because 
it just suggests that they either buy, actually physically make, make a purchase with money or buy into the idea. So I throw that in there because it keeps it, uh, everything focused on one action item. You want them to come back. You don't want them to just go, oh, yay, great. I love your brand and walk off. You want them to, in some form or fashion, come back to you. So we've determined in the show that uh, you need to know your buying audience very, very well. That's through buyer profiling. Buyer profiling takes you into the nitty-gritty details of who you're trying to target. It can be uh, simple demographic information such as age and gender. Uh, You can go into geography, location. Then you want to get into that emotional connection. How do these people purchase? Everybody buys a little bit differently. What is an emotional trigger for this individual buyer? Once you have an understanding of your buyer's emotional triggers, you can then start peppering your marketing tools, marketing program with these emotional triggers. Uh, This can be in the form of imagery and the way the voice that you use, the way you reach out to them in communications. It could be the type of content that you provide to them. If you find that your particular buying audience likes to review and research before any purchase. They want to know as much as they possibly can before they pull the trigger. Uh, That's very true of some newer generations, the millennials. They love to have some research. They want to be able to find things online. Then you know that your website needs to have more information. You need to put up uh, videos, uh, maybe videos that demonstrate your products or services. It could be how-to videos. It could be information about how your... um, products or services work within the marketplace. Uh, so you could, you know, let's say you have jet skis, showing them, you know, out on, out on the water with people having fun connects back to that emotional uh, buying trigger. You can use uh, all sorts of things to develop that connection with your buying audience. You then want to pick out the tools that will best use that emotional connection. So it could be, again, back to if they're online buyers, you would want to have a website that is full of information for them. It, they might want to see YouTube videos, so you have a YouTube channel. That would be one of your social channels. You'd want to post those videos on your other social channels. These are all things that help develop that buying audience and help develop that connection with them. You want to stay in front of them fairly consistently If you know that they read emails, then email campaigns may be perfect for you. If you know that they um, like to see something in person, print, maybe it's a direct mail or flyers or something that you send out. Maybe it's a big catalog that you send out. Whatever it is, whatever they need, that's what you would send out to them. And you would do it on a consistent basis. You would use um, consistent branding consistent voice and you would stay on schedule. So they know to expect it. They know what they're going to get. Once you do that, and then you can kind of cross-channel it with other things. So again, back to that website with an add-on of YouTube, and then follow up with email. And so you're hitting them on multiple fronts, but still constantly trying to push that emotional connection and give them what they want. If your buyers are environmentally conscious, for instance, then it's a matter of promoting your business as a green business and bringing in Uh, the way we source environmentally friendly or organic materials, the way we work to give back by donating a percentage of our sales to replant trees in Borneo. 
whatever it could be, but it's something that means something to them. And then they bring that back to the, the buyer brings it back to themselves and they go, oh, wow, I get it. I am connected with this brand. And then you can call to action. You ask them to buy and things like that. It's it's never ending and it's not a single one size fits all formula. Um, you're going to have to look at your own individual business and where you are and what you're trying to achieve. But the process is, is the same. And it goes back to knowing the buyer and then having a good strategy in place, knowing your marketplace and picking the right tools and then being consistent in your efforts. And then you can, that's how you build out an audience. Your second question deals with lead magnets. Lead magnets have been around forever. They have been around since the beginning of marketing. And I would wager every single person listening to the show has encountered at least one, if not 5,000 different lead magnets in his or her lifetime. It is something that is just a common part of everyday life. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the term, a lead magnet is simply an exchange of something. It could be uh, information, an experience, or an entry into a contest in exchange for some personal information, uh, like your phone number or your email address, your physical address, and your name. You have been solicited at some point for a lead magnet. Uh, You've clicked on something that said, enter to win. And all you had to do was fill out your name and your email address. Or you wanted to download something. You Googled a phrase and somebody on a website said, you can have this PDF that we've created. All you have to do is enter your information here. Lead magnets can come in various forms. In fact, a few months ago, I was at an upscale event and... Land Rover had set up uh, an obstacle course, kind of an off-roading driving course, where people could, in exchange for their personal information, drive one of these really expensive cars all around the course. And it was fun. It was 20, 30 minutes of driving. And all I had to do was fill out some information on an iPad, give them my driver's license so that they could verify my information so they knew it was actually real, And then they basically handed over the keys to a $100,000 SUV. (laughs) And I drove with one of their Land Rover representatives up the side of a like a mini cliff and across a bunch of different things, you know, different uh, obstacles. And it was a lot of fun. I really, really loved the car. I was completely in love with the brand at the end of the drive. Was I in the market for a $100,000 off-roading vehicle at that point? No. So I really wasn't their target buyer. However, if I find myself in the market for that type of vehicle, I would certainly consider one of these, uh, consider a Land Rover because it was really, really nice. And anybody out there, if you are considering one, I highly recommend you look at it. So now I've become a brand ambassador for (laughs) exchange for my information. I've become a, a brand ambassador. Like I said, lead magnets have been around forever. They've really gained in popularity with digital marketing. Part of the reason for this is the Can Spam Act. In 2003, uh, the United States passed laws that said, hey, you know, the Federal Trade Commission can prosecute anybody who is violating our email laws. The email laws state that you have to give people a way to opt out of your emails always, and if they do, then you automatically have to take them off and you can never email them again. Well, this made it a little bit more difficult to build out email lists. You couldn't just go and pick up a bunch of business cards off of somebody's tables at a trade show and then suddenly build out an email list. 
the CAN-SPAM Act was a really big deal to us in marketing world when it came out and changed the way we approach our email systems and the way we approach reaching out to potential people digitally. The biggest change you'll notice is when you click on something uh, to enter a contest, for instance, or download some information from a website like a PDF uh, or a book or something uh, from a website, there's usually a checkbox that says, I agreed to the terms and I would like to receive more information. There may be two different checkboxes. This is opting you in to their email list and is in complete compliance with CAN-SPAM. So if you click those, that means that you are saying, yes, I want you to send marketing stuff to me. <laughs> I am okay with that. And this brings me to the biggest flaw with a lead magnet. It's that there is going to be a percentage of your lead list generated from this lead magnet that's bogus. It's just, it's wrong. First, you're going to have people who will sign up and instantly unsubscribe. They never wanted to be on your list. They just did that because that was the only way they could get whatever information they wanted. Second, you're going to have people who are going to sign up with misinformation, fake accounts. I have an email account that I use for lead magnets. I don't want all that information in my normal inboxes. So I have an email account that I use just for that. Are you getting anything out of me marketing-wise? No, because I will never see it. I don't check that email account. Third, you're going to have people who use multiple accounts to sign up for that lead, lead magnet. So they could have 5, 10, 15 different email addresses that they sign up and use and again and again. So there is a percentage of your list that's just going to be completely fake and just uh, just understand that going in. They're great, but they're, they're not always 100% accurate. Thank you, Drew. That was a great set of questions. I really appreciate you reaching out. If you have questions for me, please send an email to bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. That's B-O-N-N-I-E, radio at ithinkineed.com. This concludes another episode of I Think I Need Marketing. Thank you for joining me and see you next week when we cover social media. Take care. Thank you for listening to I Think I Need Marketing. Be sure to join Bonnie Taylor for another episode next Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week, think of what you could be doing differently in your marketing program.